Let's take this first shot. Let's do it. Shot one. Oh my God. Shot two. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. Shot, shot three. three. See, I'll admit the third one's a little rough. I'm it was a little rough. Don't you do it. My mouth is watering. <laughs> That's the first side. This is three shots in. I'm fucking drunk. Welcome to three shots in. I'm Jake. I'm Jess. And this is episode 30. That's correct. Episode 30. And we are talking all about planes. Planes in which animals frolic. Oh, sure. And prance. Planes in which humans fly from one place, or animals, I guess, fly from one place to another. Sure. Plain, like? Like like plain yogurt. Plane of existence. Oh, wow. That's getting intellectual. Mm, yeah, but I don't talk about intellectual things. I don't either. I I'm, just talked about straight up planes, uh, I'm like airplanes. About a, I'm talking about a serial killer. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Ooh. A plane butcher. Murderer man, like not not a very special butcher, like plain, like just not bo- like boring, yeah, just, a boring butcher, just like a vanilla serial killer, <laughs> <laughs> just a casual. <laughs> well, okay. All right. Well, anyway, we do have some very important people to thank, and if I recall, all of them are insanely attractive because they are subscribers to a specific podcast. I wonder who that is. They immediately become hotter, right? Oh yeah, that podcast, it's our podcast. Oh my God, our podcast? Yes. By subscribing to our podcast, you can become instantly hotter? It's a little known fact, but yes, becoming a subscriber of our podcast makes you instantly more attractive to the opposite sex. Jessica, who are- Or the same sex, whichever your preference is. Oh, good point, good point. Jessica, who are these very attractive, very hot, very sexy people? These people are our mother and father. Uh Uh-huh. I don't- particularly find them sexy, but at the same time, I find myself to be more on the attractive sort of end of the spectrum, and I could not have, that just would not have been possible without them, you know? Sure, yeah. Next is Terry and Danny, of course. Right. Sweet Sam, Ricky, Thomas, Jeremy, TJ, Abria, and David. Thank you guys so much for joining our Patreon page and giving us support, helping us pay off this um, the sound equipment, we're moving on to bigger and better things. Hopefully we can get a video podcast up on like um, YouTube and stuff. I mean, like we recently put LEDs up in this room and like we look amazing it, on our Instagram lives. It's not looking perfect, but it's looking pretty great in mm, here. We look fantastic. So, I mean, cause obviously we go live every Friday at five mm-hmm. ish and we take our shots, you know, with our, with our followers. We do. And it always gets a, just a massive, insane turnout, you know? Right. Like, like, like the kind of numbers that I would imagine, you know, like Doja Cat would experience or something, you know? Like right. tens of millions would right. join our live. Yeah. Right. Things slow down a lot. It's a little glitchy. Like, I don't know if Instagram can even handle that many people on one live know. at one time. I don't know, but you should definitely join in because I heard that if you comment that it'll actually push, push past all those people if you are a patron, which you could be just like those people we just named. Right. So look, go for it, try it. Anyway, so the shots tonight, not that great. I don't think it was a fail. It wasn't a fail. It wasn't a fail. It was, well, what we did was we, you know, we're, we're, we have limited options right now. We really need to make a, a run to the liquor store. We do and we don't. We also have some liquors in there we really need to finish off because 
the circumstances in which we would actually use them are seldom. Okay, well, I really don't wanna drink that one that you're talking about, so. Just saying, we have some stuff in there that's just sitting in there that we haven't touched for a while that we really need to get rid of. Okay, so the next time we have guests, we'll use our bad liquor, so that way it's gone faster. Right. That fair? That's fair to me. Love that. Um, so we mixed uh, our Papa vodka with peach schnapps mm -hmm. for our shots tonight, and it was about a, a three to one ratio. Mm -hmm. About three quarters Popov, one quarter peach schnapps. And we thought that this could either be delicious or terrible. And it was kind of in the middle because it was like delicious and then it hurt really bad. I preferred, I did like the buffer. It would have been really painful if it was exclusively Popov. Uh -huh. Popov all by, all by itself. It's smooth for a vodka. I love, I love Popov. But Popov by itself is essentially rubbing alcohol. So I'm fine with that. It's not a it's not a problem. I can still shoot it, but I just don't have fun, really. When you spill a little peach snop, schnapps on top of that, there's a little break before you get the taste of just pure ethanol in your mouth. Right. So at first, it's peach. You just taste peaches. And then it's exclusively rubbing alcohol. Like yeah. it's the taste of a hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think that the the peach schnapps kind of just sticks, right? The sugar just kind of sticks to your throat, yeah. your esophagus, mm. and the vodka just rides that wave, and it just like hurts you even longer. The vodka grabs onto the throat coat. Yeah, it, it clings onto that throat coat. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I got the same. I feel like the vodka would have done that anyway, though. Probably. But it would have been quicker. Vodka usually disappears know. pretty quickly. We quick haven't taken shots of just Popov in a really long time. Oh, well, maybe we'll have to try that. Maybe. Maybe during the break. I don't know. Mm, no. I'm yeah, good. maybe. No. I don't know. Nah. Maybe we do it. Maybe we don't. What are you drinking, Jessica? I have over here original Lone River Ranch Water. Oh. Ranch Water Seltzer, I should say. Yeah, I had one of those. I had a Lone River Prickly Pear Ranch Water. Mm -hmm. And that has since been finished. Right, you polished that one off. And so you brought me a Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer Cucumber Lime. That has since been finished as well. And so now I'm working on a Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer Spicy Pineapple. I hated it. It's not the best. <laughs> I don't taste pineapple in there at all. It tastes like they dropped a little bit of like cayenne pepper into some seltzer water and there's no sweetener or fruity taste whatsoever. I get a, a, the very, the faintest of hints of pineapple in there. I was disappointed, I was let down. Oh, you should be, it's really not good. Yeah. But it's okay. There's zero carbs, obviously, which is amazing. Sure. Yeah. We, I mean, we're gonna be on video soon. I know, gotta start slimming up. Gotta watch the figure. Slimming down, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Gotta fit into our size zeros. <laughs> Double zeros. Whoa. I know. That's like twice as much as zero. That's two zeros, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Jessica, we haven't done life updates no. in a minute because we've had a bunch of guests. True. So, life update, and since it's been a minute, we will give you 12 words or less. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. okay. You can use up to 12 words. New possibilities, home-wise, property-wise, fallen order, podcast ideas for the future. Wow. That was only 11, but that's okay. That's okay, you had up to 12 words. Right. So. Nice, at least you didn't go over like a cheater. 
Let me explain what I said. Yeah, please. I, I really need explanations because I didn't understand a single thing. It's okay. I was fitting in a lot of information into sure. just 11 words. So we are looking for a new place. Right. Ideally, it will be a place that we build because so far within our price range, stuff that has the space we need is more expensive than we would like. Right. Probably going to have to build it. It's going to have to be something lower key. Okay. We're thinking like prefabs or barn dominiums. Barn dominiums are dope. They're super dope. I'd never, I'd literally never heard of one. Yeah. Until a week ago, two weeks ago. Either way, we're looking into something like that. It might be on a plot of land that a friend of ours already owns. Interesting. The issue, though, is that these very um, trusted and beloved friends live kind of on the outskirts of town. Kind of sort of way on the outskirts, like out of town. (laughs) Yes. I know exactly who you're talking about. (laughs) It is out of town. (laughs) So there is essentially no Internet there. And Internet is super vital for what we're doing for Terry and I both working freelance for clients online. She'd have to pay like 20K to drop a line on the land. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, However, one of, so our friends who were in talks with about trying to make something happen approached us about like a new, a new sort of avenue, not the avenue that's typically taken. Is this the fallen order in the whole story? I don't know what that is. I'm playing Jedi fallen order right now and I'm really... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> That's separate. That has nothing to do. With <laughs> You're an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> I just really wanted to work that in there. Um, no. So I'll talk to you about it later. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of n- just not typical approach to getting internet out to like a rural sort of area. What is it? Just holding the local internet company at gunpoint? No. Like a John Q style? It would almost be starting your own internet company. That sounds complicated as fuck. It is. I I was good with very minimal details. Yeah, I I feel like I would want to know very little about this. I wanted to know more, but there's only so much I can understand. (laughs) (laughs) You know? I do know. Okay. So outside of that, Fallen Order. Sure. I'm playing Jedi Fallen Order, as I've mentioned. I have played that game. Mm -hmm. Did you go to Dagobah? First. Do you mean Dathomir? Did I say Dagobah? You did. You said Dagobah. Oh, yeah. Don't go there. Don't go did to Dagobah. Da- there to, is no Dagobah. There is no. Right, for me right did now. Did you go to Dathomir first? I went to Dathomir first. Good. It's so difficult. I it's know. It's so worth it. It was really hard, but I'm, you know, very skilled now. Yeah, it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. That double lightsaber against those stormtroopers that have, like, the fucking, like, uh, sentry gun that they fire at you it just shoots like so many mm-hmm. you if you have the double saber you just bam, bam bam and they're dead if you have the regular one you're fucked you have to dodge all their bullets mm-hmm. yeah or lasers or whatever the fuck blasters yeah so it's worth it definitely worth it yeah and then after that it just sucks because the main villain of that game is kind of lame oh you mean trilla sure she was lame as fuck i hated her i don't think she's lame so far but i've had literally one interaction with her yeah. as of yet Hated her. I didn't mind her. Thought she was um, interesting. The voice is very cool sounding. But what's fantastic? Have you met Vader yet? No. Oh, that is a very, very, very fun interaction. Oh my god, I will shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, because um, they surprise you with those kind of interactions. They just you're jump like, up out of nowhere. You're in yeah. a regular map, 
and you're like, okay, well, you know, damn, all these fucking like stormtroopers are really fucking annoying. And then you go into an elevator and then suddenly you're just plopped into a boss battle. Yeah. They're like, oh, hope you saved, bitch. <laughs> I know. I'm like, you fucking <laughs> asshole. I had no idea. <laughs> anyway, outside of that, um, new, what, what did I say? Excited for new ideas for the future type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I have been talking about like moves we might make podcast wise in the future. Sure. I'm just, I'm brimming with ideas. Sure. Who, who knows how many will actually come to fruition or right. how many are realistic or doable. I think a lot of them are mm-hmm. doable and I'm just excited. Well, that's great. I'm also excited because we have in the works a, and by in the works, I mean like we've talked about it <laughs> like twice now. <laughs> it's in its baby phase. <laughs> yeah. Of a production that would be a horror comedy kind of podcast show mm-hmm. and I'm very excited about it. Me too. Kind of like the old school like radio shows. Yeah. That was like essentially like a TV show, just no visuals. Yeah. It's exactly what we'd provide. Mm-hmm. So I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think we could do it because we're, our minds are so fucked that we can make something that's just hilarious. Yes, I agree. What about you? Friend provided something awesome. Now I do something absolutely fucking disgusting daily. What is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what could it be? So I have been very interested in, you know, those like stationary bikes. Yes. For like exercise. Oh yeah. Right. I've wanted to join like a cycling class because like you gotta pay like hundreds of dollars. And I was mm-hmm. like, look, like Danny, we, we won't miss one. It's like because we gotta pay hundreds of dollars. Like if we miss one, like I'm pissed. Right. Yeah. I was like, so let's do it. Or Danny didn't want to. So I was like, fine, I'll just buy one myself. And then Danny was like, oh, I don't want you to spend that sort of money. And I was like, well, the ones that I want are like hundreds of dollars. I don't want some cheap one that's not even going to work. I was like, what? I can only read kilometers. What What am I, a European? I don't think so. <laughs> I read miles, okay? Um, and so I had mentioned this to Joey, who was like, oh, hey, man, I'm about to get rid of mine because my mother-in-law is getting rid of her fancier one and I'm taking it. And so you can just have mine. Joey, like, Joey, who's been on the podcast before with his wife, Tony. They were on the podcast very briefly, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he brought it over. And so now I have a a stationary bike that I have been doing in the morning before I go to work because I read this thing that if you do it like while you're fasting, like, like that you- after you, you've slept before you eat breakfast. Yeah, that you like you burn more fat. So I was like, cool, like that sounds cool. Um, and normally I fast kind of just all day. Right, like I go to sleep, wake up, and I usually don't eat until I get back home from work at like four or five. Well, I learned very quickly that is not possible when you do the stationary bike. Um, so I've been getting up at like six or six thirty and biking for like thirty minutes at least, and then getting gross. ready for work and going to work. It's absolutely fucking disgusting. Super right? gross. It's horrible. I yeah. hate it. I hate myself, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and then I go to work and on Monday, this is the first day that I went to work after doing this, I got so nauseous at like eleven thirty or noon. Uh-huh. Like to the point where I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to throw up in my office. Oh no. And finally it kind of went away a little bit and I was like, okay. Either I am hungry or I'm very sick. Hungry. I was like, so let's figure this out. And so I went into the kitchen that we have at work and they had nothing but like snacks and I just wasn't down for snacks. So I walked to Chick-fil-A, which is right down the street from my work, got Chick-fil-A, came back to my office and I ate it and I felt so much better. 
And so now I had to add lunch into my day, just kind of a bitch, honestly. I never complained about getting to eat more food. I love food, so. Yeah, well, I mean, I just, I like to not eat because that's one less thing to think about, you know? The only reason why I'm overweight is because I drink so heavily. Yeah, I I don't drink very often, honestly. I pretty much only drink when we're recording or if there's like a special occasion. Yeah, Or if no. people are visiting, because that's how I, I like making the, you know, the visit special by whipping out some liquor and drinking some with like some guests. Yeah. But I love food. No, I drink daily and I get drunk probably three or four times a week. <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot. You know, I like to consider myself a part-time alcoholic. I've said that before. You have, that's yeah. true. Well, anyway, let us move on to the very first wheel spin. Jessica, will you please spin the wheel? You have total control of this wheel. Spin it. I will. Jacob. What the fuck, Jessica? Before this wheel stops. You didn't even, you didn't even let the wheel finish. I'm hijacking it. No. Yes. I gave you control. I didn't give you like. You said I had full control. Uh, but I didn't say you could I'm do deciding, cheating things. I'm deciding what the wheel is. So you're not even going to spin the wheel for real? No. Do you want me to just spin it for no reason? No. I'm not going to read what it lands on. Well, that's rude. Normally I read what it lands on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Fine, wheel hijacker. What do we got? What do you, what do you, what do you got? What's so special So that you stopped my wheel? Someone sent in a wheel spin to me recently. Okay. I don't know if they meant it as a wheel spin. They didn't specifically use the word wheel or spin, but I'm assuming. And the wheel spin is whose meat would you eat? Whose meat would you eat? Oh yeah. Check this out. Is that like a, like a sucking penis thing or like a cannibalism thing? What the fuck is that? Eat celebrity meat? Someone sent this to us. Go ahead. What? Bite Labs grows meat from celebrity tissue samples and uses it to make artisanal salami. Isn't that fucking disgusting? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. People are that insane. That is disgusting. I don't is, <laughs> is there a wait list for the Ryan Reynolds salami? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What about the Johnny Depp salami? So someone sent this to us. It says eat celebrity meat and they added their own little commentary okay. at the bottom. It says, would Jake eat some Tobey Maguire salami? Would Jess care for some Nicolas Cage steak? My answer is no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't eat it unless you were paying me like 10 grand. If you were giving me, uh, if you were giving me a paycheck with five zeros followed by two zeros after the decimal point, Okay, because I don't want them to think that they can get me for just $100, okay? 10K or more, I'll eat some Toby. <laughs> I'll eat some Toby salami. If you're paid to do it. Yeah. So I was wrong, he he did recommend that that get put on the wheel. There wasn't, there the word spin wasn't there, but I had just forgotten that last part because I was so, I was so distracted by the celebrity meat part. Okay, let's do, let's do two, okay? Let's do one of a celebrity who's like, so hot and fine that you want that meat, no matter what. That you know for a fact. You would eat that meat. Their, their like tissue salami would be really good. Oh, it'd be delicious. And then let's do a second one of the celebrity who you think, who you think like their meat would be like extra delicious, but you don't necessarily like them. You just know their meat would be really good. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna start. 
um, the meat that I would pay for, right? Because I'm, I'm paying for the celebrity meat, Kate Beckinsale. I'm eating my Kate Beckinsale meat. It's going to be lean. It's British, you know, fucking. She's had very minimal work done. Minimal, right? Good for her. Some, but the I only mean, the only downside to Kate Beckinsale is that she dated Pete Davidson for a minute there. Sure, and which is disgusting. <laughs> uh, but Kate Beckinsale meat is what I would I would pay for. I, I would wait in line for for a Kate Beckinsale salami. Okay, but now what celebrity do I think would have the best meat? Yeah, the best meat. <sighs> I'm stuck between a rock and a fat piece. So. <laughs> I'm literally also thinking of fat people. <laughs> uh, because literally I'm thinking either The Rock <laughs> or John Travolta, right? Would he not have like delicious meat? Uh, Would it not taste like bourbon? I don't know. He's got, <gasps> I take it back. John Travolta's out. Val Kilmer's in. Mm, yeah, that might be good. You know what? The Rock doesn't beat him. We're just, boom, Val Kilmer meat. I think he would have the best, it would be buttery, you know? Mm-hmm. Just fatty. Yeah. You know? And then like, but also like, it'd be like encrusted with like, uh, like pepper and stuff because he was kind of sort of almost once the Dark Knight for a minute there. What? Because he was the Batman. Oh, that's true. But he wasn't the Dark Knight Batman, he was just Batman. So you see his salami being like a yeah. nicely marbled cracked pepper. Mm-hmm, 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 very fatty, yeah. I think it'd be delicious. All right. Uh, what about you? I don't know why, but I feel like Hugh Jackman salami would be really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't mean like as a euphemism for penis. I mean legitimately. Of course, none of us mean that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's also fantastic, but what I'm talking about is if they, <laughs> now, full disclosure, I'm, literally not interested at all in trying human meat. Uh, right, of course not. I, I'm not being, I'm not being sarcastic. No, I would not no, no, eat no, that. of course. No one on this show would honestly try human meat if it was put in front of them, obviously. Yeah, you would. Yeah, I'd try it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, it would just gross me out. Uh, I'd try it. But if I had to, uh -huh. you know, for the sake of the wheel spin to answer to the best of my ability, Let's just say I had to, whatever. I think Hugh Jackman would make some really good meat. He probably would. Yeah. Yeah. That down under, down under salami. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like it'd be kind of like jerky, like it's a little tough to oh, chew. Oh, okay. But it's flavorful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, I can see that. It'd pair really, like, really nicely with like a white cheddar. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what, that's what I'm imagining. Yeah, I don't eat white cheddar, so I don't know what that tastes like, but sure. I'm imagining like um, pirate's booty. A lot so. like that, a lot like that, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what I'm mm -hmm. thinking. Now, what celebrity do you think has the best tasting meat in the world? Who is it? Whether you like them or not, whether they're attractive or not. Hmm, the best tasting meat. Like you would pay for Hugh Jackman's salami. Yeah. But whose salami do you know would be the best? Can't be Val Kilmer, because I already said them. Of course. Angela Merkel. Wow, that's disgusting. No, it isn't. <laughs> that's gross. She's got a healthy amount of fat on her. She's got too much of it. Not when you make the salami. And she doesn't have enough muscle. It's okay, it's a salami. The star of the show is the fat. Eating that German salami? Yeah. <laughs> yup. <laughs> God, okay, well, you know what? Maybe Angela Merkel and Val Kilmer We'll have a baby and we'll eat it. <laughs> the fat baby. The fat baby. 
and then we'll know. <laughs> I have no idea where this point was going. <laughs> we're, we were supposed to name celebrities. I just started naming politicians. But now the we're, same thing. we're breeding them <laughs> to yeah. make better meat. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's how they made Kobe beef. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't just happen, right? We bred those cows. With Kobe? <laughs> what? Do you know what Kobe beef is? Yes, okay. we're talking about celebrity meat. Okay, well, you can't breed Kobe Bryant because he's dead, Jessica. I, I know. Jeez. He gave a tissue sample, though. Wow. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm so sorry that Kobe Bryant died in a horrific helicopter accident. So am I. Let's take his children and eat them. <laughs> <laughs> According to Jessica. I don't want to eat them. You're fucked up. I thought that's where you were leading. You're begging for Kobe Bryant's <laughs> children's meat. Okay. That's disgusting. I don't want any Kobe meat. Jeez. <laughs> anyway. So should... moving on to a brand new segment. <laughs> this is the segment where we read emails from people. <laughs> we honestly don't get that many and which is, it's so funny that we don't get that many because there are thousands but don't read it i've glimpsed it's so funny that we really don't get that many because there are hundreds of thousands at this point yeah but i think you guys are just you're just a shy audience and i know we're intimidating but we're so nice yeah come on please send us emails and stuff think of us like like your local you know politicians not even local, because no one cares about the local politicians. Think like we're like the president or something, you know? Why would you think of it like that? Because either you're going to rallies or you're going to protests. Meaning you either love us or hate us? Yeah, but they're loud about it. That's what I want. Okay. I don't care if you love me or you hate me. Just so, be loud about it. Any press is good press, Jessica. Okay. In that case, go ahead. What did this listener send you? Well, I, I see the name as to who it's from. And I would imagine there are going to be many bleeps in this. Just roll with it, okay? Okay. Dear in response to your season one, Three Shots In shitcast, where you talk about Queen Mary the First of England, would a history buff believe Henry VIII beheaded all his wives? Would a history buff actually believe Henry VIII was Protestant? Would a history buff seriously think Jane Grey's name was June? I've had it with your bullshit. I'm coming to Texas, and I'm going to you until you can remember your own name that i'm going to tie you up and make you memorize in order every monarch of the plantagen and tudor dynasties <laughs> if you mess up even once i'm going to with my feet while you watch a toby Maguire movie marathon this is not a threat <laughs> have a blessed day and stop beginning every sentence with so you are looking sucker <laughs> signed not lyle i wonder who it was well their their fucking name that they emailed me from is monk munkerson <laughs> <laughs> so so this sounds this sounds a lot like lyle personally yeah so apparently not lyle um is very fed up with me okay <laughs> um well, not Lyle. If you have listened to the show, which it, it sounds like you have, right? You got so much so much beef to, to throw my way. Um, you would know that I do my research in one sitting, and that is it. If anything requires more than basic thought, I don't care enough about it. So I have stated many times, I just take what I get, and I enter my podcast 
with extreme confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think maybe this is wrong. I don't think maybe I'm pronouncing this wrong. Maybe these facts don't line up. I don't care. Because if you're confident enough, everyone will just buy it. Of course. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you want us to be more accurate and spend more time on our notes, have more accurate information to share with you, we're going to have to quit our jobs. Yeah, there's only one way I do that, and that's if Lyle gives me money. Sorry, if that's if not Lyle gives me money. <laughs> and you can help us out with that by joining us on Patreon, where we have so much to offer you, including a very secret exclusive patron-only podcast, Three Shot Cinema. That's right. It's a great show. You should really listen to it. It's pretty oh, great. Oh, except you can't, unless you're a patron. Stop being lazy. Stop buying your lattes once a week, okay? And subs once a month, honestly. And subscribe to our Patreon, Patreon page. Do it. Yeah. Be better than not Lyle. Because I happen to know that not Lyle is a piece of shit. You happen to know that? Yeah. And I happen to know that not Lyle is old and lame. Oh, really? Yeah, he's probably dying right now. <laughs> oh, I know. You got an email. From a dying man. Wow. I, look, I don't think he's on his deathbed yet, but not Lyle is, is he's dying. Okay, well, you know what? Whatever, I don't care. Now that you know that sometimes I'm a fraud, I am, but it's not by design, right? It's by not caring. Well, you did say you were a history buff. You, you still say that sometimes. I know a lot about history. You do? I do. I believe you. Yeah. I don't know anything about history. But history about random ass people that no one cares about. Oh, everyone cares about Queen Elizabeth the first. No one fucking cares about her unless you're living in fucking Liverpool. Okay. Not Lyle cares. I don't live there. Do you live there? I don't live in Liverpool. No, no, no. because we have good teeth. It's very insensitive to our Liverpool listeners. Look, if, if we have listeners in Liverpool, send me some hate mail. Okay. Because I guarantee there's an 85% chance you got some fucked teeth in your mouth. <laughs> well, I'm going to be talking about my story now. Now that we're done with our shenanigans and our hate mail that turned into hate sister mail. Okay. <laughs> so, planes, right? So. Fuck you and <laughs> fuck you, not Lyle. I'm just pointing it out. Any who's it's. <laughs> planes. Okay. Now, I my original thought was obviously like aeroplanes, but I was like, yeah. I feel like that's too easy. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like only losers would talk about aeroplanes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Dumb. So I talked about the Great Plains. Now, if you don't live in the US, you don't know that our planes are greater than everyone else's. And that's why we call them the Great Plains. That's why it's in the name. Uh-huh. So, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to hear it. You know what? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so when I was looking up the Great Plains, finding like crime and stuff, yeah, it happens all the time. And it's just not that interesting, really. I'm sure there are some very interesting stories. I just didn't come across them. And so I started looking up, you know, the Great Plains killer, the Great Plains massacre, shit like that, right? I tried to find something just horrible. Sure. And what I found was the Great Plains butcher. <gasps> Ooh. So a bright light in our room just went out right as I said the word butcher. It probably died. And I think he's here right now. Oh my, oh, so he died? Spoilers. Spoilers, this was in the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yes, he's yeah. super dead. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Eugene Butler, okay? He was born in 1849 in 
like right outside of Niagara Falls. It's technically like Niagara County okay. of New York. He was born there in, like I said, 1849. He had a wealthy family. They weren't like crazy, crazy rich, but they were wealthy. They owned a very, very, very large like farming operation there in Niagara County, New York. Um, I don't know the exact city. I guess no one gave a shit back then, but mm -hmm. whatever. So his parents, uh, Ephraim and Rebecca Butler, those are their names. Ephraim. Ephraim, yeah, Ephraim and Rebecca Butler. Uh, they had five kids. Eugene was the second oldest of his siblings. Okay. Um, unfortunately, their father died kind of young. He was like 45 or 48, somewhere in there. Okay. Aww. And so it kind of threw like a, like a, a wrench it, it in kinda, the works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of shit on their wedding. You know what I mean? Yes. Shit on their parade or whatever the phrase rained is. Rained on their parade. Yeah, it just rained all over that. It'd be a parade. lot worse if it was shit. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, shit rain. <laughs> and so their, their farming business obviously still kept going, right? That's kind of like probably self-operating at this point. Mm -hmm. And they continued life. He moved in, Eugene did, moved in with his brother and his wife and their family, um, moved out of his mother's home and whatnot. They... Uh, it got to a point where his mother eventually got older and she got very sick. Okay. And so someone had to take care of her and he was like, yeah, that's not me. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy, man. I'm not, <laughs> I'm just not that guy. And so he didn't do it. Uh, one of his younger brothers took care of the mother, their sister who was, believe it or not, in the late 1800s, 26 years old and not married. Whoa. I know. She was 26 and she was just leeching off of her somewhat wealthy family. Just to have under four children at that age, I imagine is You're disgraceful. 26 years old. Mm -hmm. That's a midlife crisis time. <laughs> That's in this in this time period. That is not a that is not a looking for a husband period. Fuck being alive during that time to be honest. 100% fuck being alive in that time. I'm so happy to be alive right now where I'm reading my notes off of my phone. Drinking a hard seltzer. <laughs> Perfect. Surrounded by LED lights. Got them all. I got central air in this bitch. <laughs> what did you have back then? So uh, Eugene Butler just wasn't really into his family. You know, wasn't very close. Didn't really, didn't really bond very well, I guess, okay. with his siblings. Yeah. And so he decided to move. Now, because his family is wealthy, he did have money when he moved, but he moved to North Dakota, specifically the city of Niagara, North Dakota, which is kind of ironic. He was from Niagara County, now moved to Niagara, North Dakota, whatever. Bought a big ass plot of land and decided to just begin farming again, right? That's what he knew. He knew how to do it, yeah. That's what he's good at. Decided to just keep going on. So he bought a very large 480 acre farm. Wow. And started fucking farming, right? He had, um, I think it was like 18, cows he had like eight horses and i mean countless acres of wheat the neighboring people right that lived around him and he had moved here in about 1882 he's about 40 years old mm -hmm. his neighbors and the people in the nearby town because he lived in niagara but niagara really didn't have anything going on there it was okay. just it was just farms so the nearby town laramore north dakota is where he would go to sell his crops and whatnot, do his business. More people there, I assume. Everyone around him kind of didn't feel like he fit in in the slightest. Whoa. 
So not only did Eugene go his whole life never marrying, never having children, but also never having friends. Nobody hung out with him on his land. A sociopath. He had a giant 480-acre farm where the only time other people would be on his farm was in the summer when he was harvesting. Because he would hire people to he, help him harvest. He needed he needed help. Yeah. Which is also the only time that people saw him is when he was going down into town, into Laramore, to hire help to help him harvest. And then the next time they saw him, he was selling his harvest. Wow. That was it. So he was yeah. kind of a recluse, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But the times where he was in public, he was very eccentric, very out there. Okay. And some would even say very paranoid. So apparently people had witnessed him seeing invisible people chasing him. Oh, oh no. Yes. So he's like schizophrenic? Maybe, perhaps. Paranoid, He's sure. very paranoid. Yeah. He, everybody who he would make deals with or would come to his land to work, he was always thinking that they were going to wrong him in some way. Oh. Constantly. Wow. So he just lived a very paranoid life. Bipolar, maybe. Who knows? I have no idea. How? But I mean, yeah, they had no idea what that even was at that time. No, if anything, it would be more schizophrenic, specifically because he's like hearing things. And it, Did it say that, though, that he was hearing things? Or did it just say he was nervous about people he couldn't see around? Well, it said invisible people were chasing him. Right. But that makes me think, like, is he saying, like, I physically saw someone standing everywhere watching me or I just know someone's following me. With schizophrenia, visual hallucinations are very rare. I remember you saying that and that's why if he was having visual hallucinations, what would that be? Oh, I I have no idea. I could only think extreme unmedicated schizophrenia. Yeah. So like most people with schizophrenia have like audible hallucinations. Mm -hmm. They hear shit. And so that would be maybe he hears steps coming closer to him and he's like freaking out. I don't know. But in 1904, things kind of progressed in a way that was like very not chill with the the people of Niagara and Laramore. Okay. So I don't know if you know when cars were invented. I don't. But it was about 1911. Okay. So there were no cars. They had horses. Henry Ford. Right. Mm -hmm. They had horses. And Eugene owned many horses. Now, the people of Laramore and Niagara had reported to the local sheriff that there was a man who would gallop at full speed on his horse in the middle of the night, screaming at the top of his lungs. Inaudible screaming. They had no idea what he was saying. Just So screaming. it's not just shrieking, like he's screaming words. Oh, he's talking. He's just screaming and no one can understand what he's saying. Ew. They they dubbed this this mysterious creature the Midnight Rider. Okay. Right, which is kind of a fucking cool name. It right? is. <laughs> like, that's kind of dope. The, honestly, um, the Great Plains Butcher is a really cool name, too. Yeah. Well, surprise, surprise, it was Eugene. I thought so. Yes. So, man's going out of his mind, and he is riding his horse in the middle of the night, screaming at the top of his lungs. And it's not kind of every night, but it's enough where, like, the people are getting kind of annoyed. It. The fear factor has gone. Yes. Now they're just irritated. Now by they're it. pissed off because two years have gone by. It is now 1906, and Eugene's neighbors, as well as his peers in the local communities, um, kind of thought this man needs to be in a hospital or something. 
He needs some kind he of help. He needs some help. So he was, Eugene was, um, against his will, taken and put into the North Dakota State Hospital. Now, that's what it's called now. Okay. Back then, it was called the North Dakota Insane Hospital. They they went for the less insulting option. Yes. Okay. So he was in an insane asylum. Now, this asylum was really, really not great. Not a lot of them were. I feel like most of them weren't. Yeah. But this one specifically, um, I had read about it a lot. So when it was built in like the mid 1800s, they had built it to house about a hundred guests or clients or insanes, whatever you want to call them. So about a, about a hundred patients. Patients, right? yeah. And when Eugene showed up, he was patient like 205. Okay. So they're so, double capacity right now. Wow. So it got to the point where they were they were putting beds in the attics. That's so sad. In the basements. Yeah. They made patients share beds, two, two, two patients per one bed. Aww. And so on and so on. Now, this asylum actually, not necessarily while Eugene was there, he was only there about seven years. Okay. That's a long That's fucking a pretty time. long time. It's a pretty yeah. long time, but there are people who were there for life. Aww. Now, while he was there, this asylum eventually got up to about 400 people. Mm-hmm. Could only house 100. He was about in the 200 range, and then they doubled that again. They were already at capacity, doubled capacity. Now yeah. they're at quadruple capacity. Um, by the time this place got shut down, they had over 800 people. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah, they were very big on, on straight jackets, very big on strapping people to their beds. Um, they had cages, like yeah. standing cages, mm -hmm. in order to save room. So they would strap patients <gasps> into standing cages so that they can fit more people in one room. Oh my God. Terrible, terrible, Awful. terrible place. Yeah. Luckily it doesn't exist anymore, it's gone. But while Eugene was there, it was kinda shitty. Um, while he was there, he apparently had like isolated moments with staff where he would kind of lose his shit at them. And you know, they just drug him and strap him to his bed or whatever. And, um, but things got weird when they had noticed that he was constantly complaining about invisible people chasing him. Okay. And they're trying to get him and all of this stuff mm -hmm. or whatever. And he also had told them, cause apparently it was part of their thing. Like, I guess cameras were like really in during this time. And so they wanted to take his picture as a patient and he denied. He would not let anyone take his picture. He did not want any cameras near him at all because he thought he was convinced that if his picture is taken, that his soul will also be taken, that he will die. So even mentally sound people thought that for a really long time. People, it's, I mean, I feel like it's a trend. There's gonna be a lot of people that do not trust new technology. I'm guilty of the same thing. A lot of fucking people thought taking your picture meant trapping your soul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who knows why, but they did. Yeah. He was, he was one of them. So now, his entire time in this hospital, he never showed violent tendencies in any way. Okay. Was never a violent man, never did anything violent. Even when he was fleeing from the invisible people chasing him, he was careful not to hurt people on his way. Oh. So, he, you know, all in all, very nice. You know, didn't hurt anyone. Yeah. Um, He apparently had told his doctor that he was falling in love with, 
right? It was a female physician. He was falling in love with her. Wow. And he had told her that she needed to be careful because all of the uh, widows and older maids in their entire county wanted to marry him. Oh. And so she had no competition, but she might think that she did. He needed but, her to know. But he loved her. She so was his was only okay. She was his only one. That's correct. Um, unfortunately, while in the asylum, on October 22nd. My birthday! Your birthday, 1911. A little bit ago. Eugene Butler died. Aw, uh, 80 years before I was born. That's right. So his cause of death was like, I don't know what the word was. It was some like weird, stupid medicine word. Like phlebotomy or some shit. Oh. I don't know. I have no idea. Phlebotomy. I don't know. It was some stupid word. Phlebotomy uh, is drawing blood out of your body. Okay. Okay. Then that's why. It was it was a fl word. <laughs> because um, essentially it looked like air was injected into one of his veins. Oh, someone just wasn't careful enough. Yes. Oh. Um, and so it was considered like medical malpractice. But sure. at this time, medical malpractice really wasn't a big deal. People it died all the, time. all the time from medicine, right? Yeah. Like medicine didn't advance to the point where we're at now until like, what, 50 years ago? Until like the 1930s, it, I didn't think it became common practice for doctors to wash their hands before they Maybe like- not. I don't know. Now, if you walk into a fucking operating room and you sneeze, not only are you fired and out, <laughs> <laughs> but now they gotta like deep clean that entire bitch. Sure. So yeah. No, they're very, they take that very seriously. Because of things like MRSA, dude, and all that type of shit. MRSA is terrifying. Why are you talking about MRSA so much lately? Because um, I was talking to Luke and I had said something about MRSA and he was like, he had MRSA. Yeah. And I was like, are you fucking, you had MRSA? It's terrifying because MRSA cannot be cured. It is immune to all antibiotics. You have to get over it naturally. You just naturally have to get over it or you just die. Like <laughs> there is there is no in between. <laughs> oh, Either oh you're, you're fine or you're dead. <laughs> That is why MRSA is terrifying. So that actually makes what you said all the more meaningful because on the live, when we took the shots of Popov with a little schnapps on top. Yeah, I said it could clean MRSA. <laughs> you said this could even kill MRSA. <laughs> yeah, because nothing can. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Uh, so Eugene is dead, right? Sure. Died in the hospital, very sad. Mm -hmm. And had no wife, had no children. So all of his properties his like and 400 assets, plus acres right were divvied up amongst his relatives now the north dakota state hospital had actually boasted in the like local newspaper that eugene butler was their most uh, wealthy patient that they've ever had so eugene in his house in cash had equivalent to about one to two hundred thousand dollars today just stashed in his house just in there in his bank account he had what the equivalent today of what, what would be like two to three million dollars. Holy shit. He's a very wealthy man. Wow. Spent money on nothing. In his house was literally nothing but basic, basic furniture. Oh. A heat stove and a bed. That was it. So he didn't spend money ever. Doesn't sound like a bad living. To he be worked constantly. Mm hmm. You know, like I said, he ran his farm by himself until harvest time. Yeah. When Does he it, absolutely needed help or else half of his crop would go bad. It sounds lonely, but the idea of living by yourself in like a cabin with a like a wood stove and all that. Look, it's kind of intriguing because I, I could. I didn't I could, think it'd be intriguing to you at all. No, it would be 
for like a solid weekend. Yeah, like like a <laughs> week maybe, because I could just sit and in my off time read or watch what I want to watch, mm -hmm. or just get fucking drunk and watch my favorite movies drunk, which is awesome. But once that's over, I'm done. Do you kind of want to do that sometimes? Watch my favorite movies drunk? No, just go off for a few days by yourself. No. Oh, okay. I never do that. Neither do I. No. I don't think about that. Just kidding. Yeah, you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so he was very wealthy. And so his assets got split up in, uh, amongst his relatives. So I think it like, went straight to his siblings because his mom had died. And I think one of his sisters had died. So it was just like three or four siblings that it went to. Anyway, it took kind of a while for them to decide like who gets what. And it wasn't until 1915 that one of the siblings finally made the decision to like, okay, you know what? Let's send a North Dakota, because they also lived in New York. Let's send a North Dakotan lawyer to go and look at the property, assess everything, um, hire contractors to go, redo the house and all this stuff so like they can make it nice to sell it. Just get rid of it. They didn't want to have to do with anything in North Dakota. They lived in New York. Sure. So they did that. The lawyer went out there and saw the house, looked at everything and was like, okay, like a lot needs to be done in this house. This house is barely, barely a basic house. And it, we- It was just a glorified it, cabin. It needs upgrading if we're to sell it. Right. right. Which honestly, I saw pictures of the house. They should have just ripped that down and put up a new house, but whatever. So while the workmen um, were kind of upgrading the house, they went into the cellar. Mm -hmm. When they went into the cellar, the entire floor of the cellar was dirt. Yeah. I guess that might not have been... Um, I thought that was common. Like, I feel like that'd be common around this time, at least. Like Now I, it's not. I, I we lay even, concrete down. I don't know when they started doing that, like cement I don't know pour either. and all that. I don't know either. But he had, a, he had a dirt cellar, and there was some problem, whether it was a leak or a uh, fucking like land hole, sinkhole or something that the workmen decided, oh shit, we absolutely need to be digging up this cellar so that we can fix the problem. Oh no. So they began digging. Oh. And they found bones. Yeah. Now, not insanely uncommon, many animals have died over the last tens of thousands of years. Finding oh. bones in a cellar Sounds bad, but a lot of the time it's honestly just like raccoons or possums or whatever. Deer. Sure. Um, this wasn't the case though because there was a there was a skull, a mm. human skull mm -hmm. amongst the bones. Yeah. Um, so they knew, oh shit, this is a human body, and we have a problem. Called the sheriff's department. Sheriffs go out there. They begin excavating underneath this house. Okay. So apparently, underneath the house, right. Mm -hmm. There was, like, if the house was just, let's just say it was a perfect square. And the very center was where this body was buried. Okay. If you look straight up from where the body was buried, you find a secret trap door in the house. Now, this was a trap door that fell down, so a body would fall down. From the house into the cellar. Yes. Now, like I said, this was the only body that was buried right beneath that trap door. Okay. But while they were excavating, they noticed that one part of the house, right? Because the whole house was sitting on like uh, stones that had like raised it. One part of these stones looked off. So they investigated and they realized these stones were placed. They were not secured in because the original stones that were secured were removed. 
Uh-huh. So they moved these like make place stones and found a a hole that went underneath the house at an angle. Oh. So imagine an angle steep enough where you could put a, I don't know, literally anything right there at the top and just give it a little nudge and it's falling to the bottom of that steep, of that hill until it reaches the bottom of the house. Yeah. Like, I mean, 20, 30 feet below the house. He made himself a little body shoot. He made a body shoot. Mm-hmm. And when they investigated, they found five more sets of bones. Oh, wow. That is right. So, not looking good. (laughs) Yikes. Obviously, the new owners of the property were not responsible because they had lived in New York the entire time. (laughs) Also, the doctor had said that the bodies had, were, the corpses were killed between somewhere between 1901 and 1904, 1906. Oh, wow. Which is right around the time that- That's very specific. Which is right around the time that Eugene went to the insane asylum at the end of it. Oh, I see. It was yes. right before he right before. left. I see. So every single skull or every single corpse, right, had absolutely no clothing on them at all. They had apparently dug and searched everything for, for anything as, as much as like strands of fabric or buttons or anything, found nothing. There's nothing but rotted bones. Wow. Every single skull had a very sharp, very precise knife wound to the temple. Yeesh. Every single one died the exact same way. He stabbed them in the side of the head, which what looked like a screwdriver. He's a serial killer. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So the exact same way. Anyway, um, two of the bodies, they had discovered these these two uh, victims must have been slightly taller than the rest because they had their legs broken before they were shoved down the side hole. Already dead, though. Already dead, of course. I mean, still awful, but less awful because they didn't feel it. Yes. So they had no idea who these bodies belonged to. Yeah. Right? This is the early 1900s. We don't have DNA evidence. We have nothing. Mm -hmm. We base everything off of, like, fucking missing posters, and these bodies are already decomposed and rotting. Yeah. They're so old. Yeah. Today's science allows us to know that every single one of these six corpses was a male between the age of 15 and 18. Oh, that's so sad. Yes. So he was killing people he was hiring to help him with harvest. Probably. Is what that sounds like. It's what it sounds like. It's what it looks like. But why? There's literally no explanation. Because if you think about it, most, if not all, serial killers are not schizophrenic in any way. Right. They're not paranoid. Yeah. So what? he was very clearly paranoid. Well, then maybe it wasn't schizophrenia. Maybe it was like- I've never heard a of a serial killer going to an insane asylum. Like it must, maybe, I feel like I have. I've now, never, they're too, I, they're, they're too good for that. They're too good at pretending to be the same. Right. But people have also been overwhelmed with guilt before and claimed to like be haunted by visions of their victims. I, f- I thought I might be remembering a Shakespearean play, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's happened. Look, anyway, they suspect that his hallucinations had caused him to think that these men, because back then, 15 to 18, you're a full grown man, right? You should be married. Sure. Uh, these men were stealing from his property or were chasing after him or something, so he oh. murdered them. 
and then hid their bodies because he knew that there were also invisible people who could have seen him and tried to kill him for killing their accomplices or whatever. That's what they suspect. There's absolutely no evidence. Homeboy was arrested in 06 and, or not arrested, put in an asylum in 06 and died in 11. Mm-hmm. And they found the bodies in 1915. Okay. So, I mean, mm-hmm. so much time has gone by. Right. There's just nothing they can do. And he was a recluse. He didn't have friends, he didn't have anybody. Nobody else was on that property except for people that he hired. So, Which is more to yeah. the, the there was idea. actually There was actually a man named John um, Urbanski mm-hmm. back in, you know, the 1915 time uh, who had said that his brother had gone missing. Um that his brother was had written him a letter saying that he had found a job from a local bachelor in the Laramore, North Dakota area, mm-hmm. and he was going to go work on his farm. And he had John had never heard anything from his brother again after that. So they're assuming one of these bodies was his brother. Sounds likely. But to this day, not a single one of these six corpses have been identified. I mean. It makes sense. It was in the 1800s. It makes sense. It's just fucking sad. It's really sad. Six people, just no one knows. Um, And then apparently, now, I only found two sources that said this. Of the, like, five sources that I read, they all kind of said the same thing, but two of them said something different. Okay. They said that in Laramore, North Dakota, where the sheriff is in that county, apparently, not only was their court that they had was flooded. And so all of their older court records were destroyed, including this one. Okay. So most of their paperwork on this is gone. They got nothing on it. Ugh. Now, to make matters even worse, apparently at some point in the last, what would that be? 107 years, the bodies were misplaced. <gasps> they have since lost all six corpses. I'm sorry. How? I don't know. How Jessica. do you just misplace human bones? I don't know. But all six are missing. Dirty. They're gone. That sounds. I mean, I say dirty, but at the same time, like for what to what end? You know what I mean? I mean, it sounds like a sheriff in the 40s or 50s was like, "Why the fuck do we solve this open case? Close it. We're not going to solve this shit. And also, get rid of it. Toss the evidence. Sure. Why not? Wow. Because then you can easily close it. That's fucked up. Oh, it's definitely fucked up. Yeah. But yeah, so they're all gone and just no one knows where they are. Gross. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. It is very interesting. Thank you. You're welcome. You're so welcome. That was the Great Plains Butcher, which is a great name, by the way. (laughs) It is. Yeah. He was known as the Midnight Rider as well. For just screaming nonsense. (laughs) Just just fucking screaming on his horse in the middle of the night. I just imagine like 1800s version of me and Terry. You know how like the comments we make when someone zooms by with like bassy music playing. Whoa, cool guy out there. (laughs) It's like two in the morning and they're like speeding through a residential area, bumping a bunch of. Oh my God. Did you guys hear how large his penis was? (laughs) Wow, where is he going? I don't know. Somewhere dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys would have had a lot of shit to talk about the Midnight Rider. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was it. That's it. That's over. I, I extended that story longer because I expected Terry to be here on tonight's I, episode. Right. And so 
I had cut a lot of the details. And then when you had told me that Terry wasn't here, I rushed into the dining room and I watched like two YouTube videos and read like another two sources that I had more information. Right. Yeah. I also thought Terry was going to be here. And then I double checked with him this morning and he was like, man, I'm just so sorry. I got all this work I wasn't expecting. And I was like, oh, did you? Did you get work that you weren't expecting? Shows where his priorities are at. Fucker. Piece of shit. It's time for the break. Let's go harass him during the break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> planes man they zoom in the sky sure they do you can run through them like 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 the planes like grassy like, planes like grass planes yeah like that movie gladiator mm -hmm. he walks through and he, he wipes his hands up in those planes right he swipes those planes left and right mm-hmm he does i think it's just his right hand but sure yeah <laughs> well i've always you can found also have like like plain like ice cream or like like plain yogurt yeah sure sure I, I am a fan of, you know, you know, people find vanilla ice cream very plain. Sure. Yeah. I think it's delicious. Right. In fact, I love it and I buy it all the time. Right. Because because it's plain and delicious. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's not plain like at all? What? Our sponsors. <laughs> we would like to thank Tilted Tinker, Woodcraft and Wizardry. Tilted Tinker is a company that makes woodcraft products they make plaques with all sorts of of hilarious sayings lots of sarcasm and underhanded insults all of that dry humor is mixed in with dungeons and dragons accessories that's right and everything is assembled by hand all here in the united states made in the usa and it is family owned they are close friends of ours that's the most i'll say could be anyone could be anyone but they are fantastic and we do love their products. We own many of them. I have personally purchased several items. Oh yeah, when I get drunk, I buy a lot of their shit. It's pretty great. You can visit their website at tiltedtinker.com. You can reach out to them at info at tiltedtinker.com. They are Tilted Tinker on all their social medias. Nice. You should go and you should buy something, listener, from their website because they're awesome. Mm -hmm. And they love us just like we love you. Jacob, we also have some discount codes from Tilted Tinker. We do. They were so amazing and kind to provide exclusive three shots in promo codes for their website, which give 15% off your entire purchase. Wow. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. And they provided two promo codes. You can make your purchase using the discount code HORSICA, H-O-R-S-E-I-C-A. That's HORSE, I-C-A. Or you can use Jacob McGuire. <laughs> Jacob is spelled J-A-C-O-B. McGuire, M-A-G-U-I-R-E. Wow. If you support Jessica more than you support me, use code Horsica. If you like me more than you like that bitch, go ahead and use Whoa. Jacob McGuire. In my apartment. Yeah. We got like a maintenance crew. And the leader of this maintenance crew, the manager or the team leader, whatever you want to call him, mm -hmm. right? The boss man. The boss man. Big old boss man. His name's James. 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 Mm. And James is a listener of our podcast. Oh. That's right. He confronted me today. 
on the way to record this episode. Confronted you? Confronted did, me. Did he not like what he heard? He pinned me against the wall. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And he told me, Jake, your podcast is amazing. <gasps> it's so good and I love it and I love you. And I'm gonna gift you a bottle of liquor. And I was like, James, you don't need to do that. And he was like, no, it's fine. Someone gifted it to me and it tasted like shit. And I I want you guys to drink it now. That that makes a lot more sense now. (laughs) And I was like, James, that's amazing. (laughs) So now he must, he must give us this bottle because if he doesn't. Hundreds of thousands of people across the globe. That that maintenance boss man, James. Didn't give you a bottle of terrible liquor. Right. He's got to now. Because if he doesn't, right. then hundreds of thousands of people who don't know him will hate him. <laughs> <laughs> and I, would, a, I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. That's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Jacob, are you in the know? I mean, I'm in the know, but I'm also in the No Republic. That's right. We are sponsored by the No Republic. They are a clothing brand who gives 20% of all proceeds to mental health awareness and suicide prevention in specifically high schools and colleges all around the United States. I didn't know that. Their clothing is unique and everything is done in house. I heard that they ventured with a third party and that third party didn't work out. So now that's right. Everything is crafted by hand, shipped with love and care. Yeah, they're an awesome company. They always give back and you can go on their website, The No Republic. Again, that's with a K, thenorepublic.com. Great customer service too. I reached out to them with a problem and they got back to me right away. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Normally people take like, you know, like within 24 hours, but how soon did they get back? Four hours. Whoa. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. Cool. That was unnecessary. That was stupid. You're dumb. You are. You. Fuck you. No. No, Lyle was right to call you a Ha, you're muted, piece of shit. No one can hear you now, Jessica. No one can hear you, and you're, stop it. You're (laughs) you're making symbols at me phallically. (laughs) So I love Panic at the Disco. I've loved them, right, for decades now. What? Or at least a decade. That's so weird. I know. Never even heard you mention them. I mention them all the time because mm-hmm. I love them. I love the music. It's so great and fun. It used to be emo. Now it's just like fun and pop alternative type of shit. Sure. Um, well, they recently have released an album. Oh, not yeah. not, a, not the whole album, just like one song. And then they released a second song. Okay. Now the first song, it was, it was this, this album is, uh, it's different from their normal stuff. Okay. Cause their normal stuff is good. Is good. And this is <laughs> this is really bad. Is that a word? Anti-establishmentarianism? Mm-hmm. It's a long one. I think it's the longest word in the English language. Anti-disestablishmentarianism. There's there's a two double negatives negative in there. In there. <laughs> yeah, that might be wrong. But I thought it was longer, and so I just found somewhere to add an extra syllable. Okay. I don't actually know. Well, that's fine. I've never claimed to be a scholar, even though I have three degrees. In what? Huh? Good break. Good break. Solid. But it's over. It is. It's done. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh my god, that was so bassy. <laughs> Never burped like that in my life. <laughs> I gambled and it was a terrible time to gamble. Oh my god. We literally just turned the mics on. They were off for so long. You could have burped at any time. <laughs> I didn't have to. I'm sorry. I'll wow. cut I'll cut it out. I'll oh, cut it out. Wow. No, we're leaving that in. <laughs> I'm gonna spin the wheel. <laughs> you should burp while the wheel's spinning because it's loud. Here it goes. I don't have to. Jessica, any burps? You good? No, okay. no. Okay, she's good. It's just my hard seltzer. <laughs> it's just that ranch water. It's this ranch it just water. just brings something out. <laughs> it brings out the demon in me. <laughs> okay, well, we have a real wheel spin, not a fake one that Jessica tried to play off. <clears throat> Your life is a movie. What role does Samuel L. Jackson play? <laughs> Because obviously he's in the movie. Of course. If your life is a movie, he's in it. Yeah. I know exactly who he plays for me. Do you have anything? Yeah. Who? Okay. In my, in a movie about my life, I take our podcast to like a production company. Oh, okay. And he's the producer he, who tells me my podcast is dog shit <laughs> and to go back home. <laughs> Sick and tired of these shitty ass Pod. motherfucking podcasts. <laughs> yeah. And what uh, about you? Uh, he plays my dad. <laughs> Your father? Yeah. I think if I were to make a movie about my life, I would want Samuel Jackson to play my dad. You know? Okay. All right. Like, it might not make total sense because, you know, I'm not a black man. Maybe adopted child. It doesn't something matter. like that. doesn't matter. Completely written over. Okay. But yeah, it's Samuel not, L. Jackson. It's not acknowledged. Not even, not even a little bit. Okay. My mom is like Salma Hayek or something. I don't know. <laughs> So another thing that makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And I'm, I'm me. So. Okay. Yeah. But Samuel Jackson will put my dad. Okay. You know? Yeah. It's and kind like, of like, like that. I, I come home from school Uh huh. and he's like, you motherfucker, you got suspended, you know, or whatever the fuck he sure, says. Sure. You know, he just yeah. calls me motherfucker like six times. Really in the movie. gets on you for fucking up your grades and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then the movie ends, we hug and he's like, motherfucker, you know, like a cool uh, one. Like yeah. a, like a, an, affectionate motherfucker mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. so sweet like a heartfelt one yeah the idea of you having selma hayek as a mom yeah is like um you were just talking about him who's that young comedian you hate he's dating kim k <laughs> pete davidson yeah it's like pete davidson's mom being the lady who was playing spider-man's she was playing aunt may in the recent spider-man movies elisa tomei mm -hmm. oh she's hot lisa nope marissa Marissa. Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. Yeah, that makes as much sense. See, that would make a lot more sense, actually, because they kind of look similar enough. I don't think I look I enough. I don't agree at all. Like Samuel L. Jackson. I don't know what it is, but me and him just don't like if you took two pictures of us together, like and I someone were to tell you yeah. that this is a father and a son, you'd believe it. But like something would be off. Something. Something. You couldn't put your couldn't put your finger on it, but something's off. there. Mm, yeah. No, I was talking about how you look nothing like Selma Hayek. Eyebrows aside. Okay. Wow. What? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I was saying, like, you in a movie as Selma Hayek's son makes as much sense as Pete Davidson being Marissa Tomei's son. Are you saying because Marissa Tomei is hot and Pete Davidson is not? Um, It's just weird. You don't look alike. And I know for a fact, both of you, you and Pete have 
Okay, fine. Then, then my mom isn't both, played by Salma Hayek. Both you and Pete have thought sexually about the woman who plays your mom. Then my mother is not Salma Hayek. It is Jennifer Garner. Someone you've thought sexually of, I have never thought all. sexually about Jennifer Garner. You've never thought sexually? No, she's very pretty and she is so sweet and loving. And I know that she would, you know, give me a hug or something, mm-hmm. you know, and like let me cry in her bosom. I don't know, but never sexual. So there we go. Samuel L. Jackson is my dad and Jennifer Garner is my mom. Yeah, okay. And I'm- my sisters are, I don't know, Rosie O'Donnell and- <laughs> <laughs> More relatives that make sense. <laughs> well, you know, I could see you realistically like being a playing a sibling in a movie about your life because she could just be as bitchy as I am to you sometimes. What? Um, damn, it's uh that blonde in American Horror Story. Roberts. Yeah, you know exactly who I'm talking about. I know because I follow her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts. I could, yeah. I could. You see could her. be, you could, you would be the Emma Roberts. Yeah, I'm me, and Justine would be. See, I actually thought Justine would be Emma Roberts. No, 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 no. Justine would be. Um, oh, what's her name? She just went through that whole criminal court case shit with Johnny Depp. Oh, Amber Heard. Amber Heard. That's Justine. Justine is Amber Heard. Why? Because they're both, you know, super beautiful and awesomely attractive. They're both bitches. <laughs> <laughs> bitches and whores. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, Justine, if you're listening, and I know you're not bitch. <laughs> you're the Amber Heard of the family, okay? <laughs> we all, you're a disgrace. <laughs> we know you metaphorically shit the bed. <laughs> Shitter. <laughs> That's not true, Justine. We all love you. Right. You're not our Amber Heard. Jacob <laughs> just wants to be mean and snide. Whatever. She's more of an Amber Turd. <laughs> okay. People started calling her Amber Turd in the meme. They started hashtagging me poo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I just wish I was that quick, you know? <laughs> I, I do. I wish I was that quick. I'm just not. And it's unfortunate. <laughs> yes. It's okay. It's okay. Well, all right. I, I guess it's time for me to it move is. into my notes. My yeah. stories. Yeah. About planes. Airplanes. Yes. Airplanes. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about airplanes. I am. Oh, wow. We were just talking about those not too long were ago. We? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking about. I'm going to talk about those. I don't remember exactly what we were saying, but. Just probably nothing important. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just need a. Quick second, I need to go grab my charger. Okay, you go grab your charger. While you're gone, Yeah. grab me a drink. Okay. Thanks. All right, we discussed planes. Yeah. And my first thought, of course, was airplanes. Sure, that's the very basic thought. Sure, yeah, I feel like everyone thinks about that, but I decided to find stories that were the most interesting oh, stories like, about like, planes that like, I could find. Like plane orgies? Like airplane orgies? No, no. I wanted to find much darker stories than that. Oh. Less gross, more intense and complex. Airplane abortions. No. No? None of those. Um, I feel like that's, first of all, a super inconvenient place to do something like that. Right. But also did not specifically search for that. So okay. maybe there are stories like that. So you just, you, you search for that on your own. Okay. Maybe yeah. I will. Anyway, this is this is your time to shine. Go for it. I understand. And we're moving right in. Okay. These are stories about 
Murder. <gasps> Normally you hear murder, when you hear transportation and murder in the same sentence, right. you think a train, you know? Uh, maybe I, like maybe like a bus that picked up like a crackhead. Or something. I don't know. I don't know that I would think about that to be honest. Something like murder on the Orient Express. I've heard of that. And you did tell a story, another story about a woman dying on a train. Yeah, train murders happen. Sure. That's why that that's why you put two and two together. You know, transportation and murder. Well, trains. I just i I have the impression that murders most often happen in like houses or on the streets. Oh sure, yeah, but those aren't transportable. The murder. <laughs> the, the house. <laughs> Or the, oh. or the streets. <laughs> you can't you can't transport. Well, what a I'm saying is that if I were to think of where murder happens most often in some sort of like cruises. transportation, I just wouldn't boats, really. boats and I, cruises. I wouldn't know where it happens most often. I bet a lot of rich people did some murders on a yacht. Sure, there's you know double jeopardy. Isn't that a movie? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, double jeopardy. It's with Ashley Judd and Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Mm -hmm. I've never seen this movie. You'd really like it. Should to I be watch honest. it? Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to write that down. You, you go on. Anyway, Ernest Pletch. So Ernest was 25 uh, and he'd go down in history as the first known murderer to have killed someone uh, after hijacking a plane. Ooh. Yes. It, when was this? October 27th, 1939. Okay. There we go. I was like, there's no way this was recent. The very first one, okay. on record anyway. Were airplanes commercial back then? Mm, I don't think so. This was a small two-person plane. Okay. He was alone with the person he murdered. Uh, anyway, he came from a very well-off family. He ended up dropping out of high school and joining a carnival traveling show type of thing. That's kind of badass, right? Maybe. I think that's kind of cool. I guess it was done out of sort of spite. He did not have a great relationship with his father. I guess his father did not support his striving to become a pilot. So he'd asked his dad, like, oh. I want a plane. I want flying lessons. You'd think his dad would be down since, you know, World War One just happened and we had like all sorts of plane battles. Well, he may have been, but his catch was that Ernest had to finish high school first. And that's, Ernest a, that's said, a fair catch. I would have thought so, but Ernest did not agree. He hmm. thought that was bullshit. So he dropped out of high school, joined a traveling show carnival. And uh, by 29, Ernest had become a serial husband and adulterer. What the fuck is a serial husband? Marrying people and then ditching and then marrying another person. Oh, he's traveling anyway. So he's just got marriage just, licenses just in every state. Tossing out marriages, just husbanding a whole bunch of fucking people and then ditching. Okay. It that's, really wasn't. That's, that's less badass than being a carny. But sure, that's, I don't, that is must being be, a carny badass. Look, giving up, like dropping out of high school and becoming a carny, kind of badass. Now, if you're a carny, like 20 years later, not so badass anymore. It becomes less badass with yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a downhill from there. All right. Well, so basically he's doing a lot of fucking around, you know? Sure. The ladies want him. He wants the ladies to want him. Sure. He knows how to handle his joystick. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. There's a pilot joke for you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so he committed a lot of petty crime at this time. He ended up at one point stealing an airplane from someone, just flew it straight out of state, flew it to another state and began for the next, like, if I remember correctly, couple of years, making a profit, giving people rides on it. So motherfucker knew how to fly a plane. Yeah. Because look, do I think that I could take off on a plane that was already on and everything? Probably. But could you land it? Oh, no. 
There's no way I'd land that plane. <laughs> right. So at one point, he marries a third or fourth woman. Sure. He's looking to abandon this woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's his habit. Sure. He loves him and leaves him. Mm-hmm. So he began taking flying lessons with a pilot by the name of Carl Bivens. Okay. Now, during his third lesson with Bivens, they're about 5,000 feet up in the air, and he's sitting in the rear of a double-seated plane. Okay. So it's not, you're not sitting next to each other, it's the pilot's in front, and Mm -hmm. then he, it's a training plane, so he's in the back. Like Top Gun. Yeah, he's in the back. Um, Mid-flight, he pulls out a revolver from his pocket, Mm-hmm. And shoots Bivens twice in the back of the skull. Huh. Yeah, he claimed... That doesn't seem like that would be a very wise move. No. The plane did begin to dive. <laughs> okay. But he must have expected that. He was able to pull it out of the dive, and he did eventually land it. He claimed later that he had tried to convince Bivens to fly to Mexico with him. Uh-huh. And that he had to shoot him because Bivens was not down. While that makes more sense... <laughs> It still doesn't make sense. Not a lot of sense. It's also possibly not true. Oh, sure. He was eventually arrested. Arrested. Like, we'll get to that. And he told many stories about this, his, oh. his reasons for doing it. So no one really so, knows exactly what he was doing it for. The love him and leave him guy is a, is a liar. I know. It's very hard to believe, but yes. Huh. So anyway, he lands the plane in a field. He takes the cash and watch off of Bivens body. Okay. Dumps it in the field and dumps the cash in the wallet in the watch? The body. The body. Oh, he dumps he dumps Bivens. He ditches Bivens. <laughs> oh no. In the field. And he proceeds for the next few days to kind of just fly and land in different towns, not staying for too long, obviously. Apparently he's got money for fuel. I imagine that jet fuel is pricier than I don't know. Regular Listen, gas. I, I had mentioned before that he came from a wealthy family, decently wealthy family. So maybe he does have access to some money while all this he, is happening. He's got his trust. Possibly. Okay. <clears throat> so there had been, it's, what year was this again? The 19, at this point. It was 30s. 1930s. Like mid 30s. Late 30s. Okay. Either way, there aren't just fucking planes everywhere. Sure. So there are reports of a murderer flying around in a bright yellow plane. It was bright yellow. It was bright yellow. It wasn't just a white plane. It was not just a white plane. (laughs) (laughs) So That's unfortunate. People noticed a bright fucking yellow plane landing out of nowhere in their town. Mm -hmm. And then this person they don't know shows up. They called it in. They had heard that whoever was flying around in this unidentified, stolen, well, stolen, not unidentified, but stolen bright yellow plane had murdered the pilot of that plane. Yeah. So he got arrested. Okay. After he's caught, he said that he had planned eventually to fly into the side of his father's barn like a kamikaze pilot. (laughs) Why the barn? I really don't know. Fuck you cows. (laughs) (laughs) Like, almost like he wanted his death to be just another, like, fuck you to him. Like, you didn't want me to be a pilot and now... You'll now, regret that decision. I'm, I don't know. I'm going to pilot my ass straight into your, <laughs> your fucking barn. Straight into your fucking horses. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure, but it could have been just another fucking story. He he was into that, you know, just yeah. saying things. So what was interesting to me about this is that authorities, it was the 40s. Authorities had no idea how to prosecute him. They. Oh, like in which state or something? They 
there was no way to know the exact location of the plane when he committed the murder. So huh. I tried just out of curiosity. I'd never even thought of that being a problem. And so yeah. I, I tried to look into aviation law. It's fucking complex even now. So I gave that up and I, I decided to not spend time on that. Because if they're flying, let's just say in, in, in middle America, they could have been over Who four knows? or five different states. Mm-hmm. Huh. Not sure. You think the federal government would just kind of just take it? This, well, for this one, it didn't end up mattering. He confessed to it to first degree murder and ended up with life. Okay. Yeah. So that looks very similar, at least in a bunch of different states. Moving on to Albert Gouet. <laughs> Albert Wade. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian Pacific Airlines Flight 108. Oh my God, I forgot we're talking about murders. I'm sorry, Albert. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Oh, is he the murderer? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Anyway, Canadian Pacific Airlines Flight 108 was not the very first commercial airliner that was blown up by a bomb. Whoa. But it did mark the very first time that the person who did the bombing was caught and punished. So. Oh, interesting. Right. Now, this was. was, Sorry. No, it's okay. You go on. This was September 9th, 1949. Okay. Flight 108 took off from Montreal to, it's, I think, Baye Como, Quebec. Some French-ass city very in French. Quebec. Yeah, yeah. So Montreal to Quebec, that's a very short flight. Maybe. Very short. Either way, it stopped in Quebec City, and the flight, you know, continued on before exploding Ooh. over the Cap Tourmont National Wildlife Area. Yep, that makes sense. So over a forest. I was like, well, I mean... 90% of Canada's national park or some shit. Sure. Uh, all 23 people on board die. It's a very small commercial plane then? I guess so. Okay. It so was every, also, everyone it was, died on the plane? It was 1949. I don't know how big they made them then. Maybe they gave them more leg room than they do today. Possibly. I was like, because today. I was like, Or just the planes themselves were not that big. It's like, I don't know, man. Even the cheapest ticket. Spirit Airline crams hundreds in that plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they they definitely do. I'm sure if they could legally stuff bodies into the like compartments up above, they fucking would. For $5, I'd do it. Mm-hmm. If I got if I got a $5 plane ticket, squeeze yourself into a compartment. Oh, why not? Oh my god. Put my AirPods in. <laughs> Your legs. But it's fine. I'm not flying that far. Yeah, anyway. So, I guess based off of the way that it happened, it was really obvious that it was a deliberate, like, sabotage. Okay. It was very clear it was not just an accident. It really but, seemed it was on purpose. Well, question, was Albert the bomber? He was. Okay. Was Albert on the plane? No. Interesting. That is very interesting. He smuggled it onto the plane, but was not on the plane. Did he? Oh, fuck. Let's see. Okay. So investigators uncovered the motive for the bombing after looking into the backgrounds of the people on the plane. Were there bankers or ex-girlfriends or something? On the plane was Rita Gouet. That sounds like Albert, Albert Gouet's wife. It was his wife. <laughs> oh no. So Albert had asked Rita to go and do an errand for him. On a plane? He just, yes. <laughs> he just happened to take out a $10,000 life insurance policy on her before she left. And then he bought her her ticket. I guess, Albert, he got a little messy and he'd been, you know, fucking around with some waitress somewhere. Oh, no. I guess what he had with the waitress was very special. So he visited a clockmaker 
named Genero Ruest. These French names, dude. <laughs> and made a deal to manufacture a bomb. Genero. <laughs> <laughs> You were you were a solid clockworker, and now look at you. Yes. Now, Genero had a sister named Marguerite. She brought a package that contained the bomb to the airport and shipped it to Baye Como. That is where oh, Rita was flying. She right. was on the same plane. Yes. But it didn't seem, based off of her name and the manner in which she was sending it, it didn't seem like there was a connection. Sure. But she did put it on the same flight as Rita. Either way... Albert's plan went awry because the flight was actually delayed a few minutes. It was supposed to, the bomb wasn't supposed to go off until they were over St. Lawrence River. They were going to crash in the water and then the investigation would be much harder to do. Sure. He was certain then he'd get away with it. It didn't explode over the water. It landed in a forest and they were able to tell right away that it was a bomb that someone had taken onto yeah, the plane. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, it is and it isn't. For, for Albert. Yes. It and sucks. the clockmaker, fucking Geronimo. Yeah, it sucks for the murderer, but not so much for, you know, people wanting to. The, the 23 people <laughs> who <Yeah>. died. <laughs> right. Yeah. Rita included. Uh-huh. So, Ruist. Oh, either way, uh, Albert obviously was arrested. They found out that he'd had something to do with it. And he was executed via hanging. Whoa. January 12th, 1951. And even though... Uh, Ruist was his first name. Albert. The clockmaker, Genero. Oh, I called him Geronimo. <laughs> Genero and his sister Marguerite claimed that they didn't know anything about Albert's plan. They were also hanged. Yeah, I was like, hang them. For providing <laughs> him the bomb. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Damn, Canada had some balls. They fucking hanged they people. They didn't fuck around. Shit. Here I was thinking Canada was nothing but a bunch of lame little... Pardon my uh, French here. Pussies. <laughs> Puss, but, pussies. Pussies. <laughs> but that's badass. Hanging is badass. Oh, yeah. All fucking three of them got straight up hung. Hanged. Oh, I know. I like saying it wrong sometimes. Cause Don't it, say it, it wrong. It makes me think of penises that are Big large. Big old penises. <laughs> <laughs> all three of them got giant cocked. A <laughs> uh, just punishment. <laughs> <laughs> you make bomb? <laughs> We give you massive penis. <laughs> We're in Canada. <laughs> Suffer. Where are we now? Oh, oh sorry. I meant, uh... <laughs> hey, uh, uh... You wanna... You wanna... You gotta... Get, you gotta, the, get out your giant fucking hoggy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Jack Gilbert Graham. This is a very similar story to the last. November 6, 1955, United Airlines Flight 629 takes off from Stapleton Airfield that's in Denver, and it's on its way to Portland. Denver to Portland. Okay, so not far. <sighs> not, not too far. Hour and a half flight. Right. Maybe yeah. back then it was longer, but sure. It's only in the air for 11 minutes. Oh no. Before it crashes right outside of a town called Longmont. Longmont, it sounds like a mountain town. Maybe, I mean it's close by Colorado. So I was like, probably. it's in Colorado, so like my odds are pretty great on that <laughs> guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the wreckage from the crash scatters several miles in all directions, essentially. Yikes. And all 44 people on the plane die. Damn. It's fucking rough. Eyewitnesses claimed that they heard an explosion before it crashed. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine that if a plane is going to crash, there's some sort of explosion anyway. Whether it's an engine exploding or sure. something. 
I don't know much about, you know, I don't know. avionics. <laughs> sure. But I feel like hearing an explosion really wouldn't. I think it's aeronautics. I yeah. guess I don't know, but. Yeah, aviation and nomics. Sure. Yeah. Air, aerology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, either way, they, I don't know that they made any assumptions about it, but they did claim that they heard an explosion before it crashed and just mentioned that when they were saying what they witnessed. So the FBI conducts a background check on all the passengers to see specifically if any of them had taken out life insurance policies before the flight. Well, yeah, it wasn't that long ago that apparently they needed to check for that. Yeah. Well, this is 1955. The other one was late 40s. Albert. Late 30s. Albert was 1949. Oh, fuck. It was late 40s. It was right. Yeah. Not that long before that. I mean, I feel like that's a solid plan to have. (laughs) What a weird fucking plan, though. Like, you're going to take out a life insurance policy on someone and send them on a plane and kill, like, I mean, almost 50 people this time. Well, because you know how they say, like, devil's in the details? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, odds are they're not going to look at the details. Odds are they're going to look, damn, the person that we just insured died in an accident that killed 30 other people or 40 other people. That sucks, and they're just gonna pay out. There's no point in investing money in that. You, there's no way that you can prove that wasn't an accident, unless you know the you're, FBI. You're looks an idiot. Into it. Yeah, and the FBI is like, mm, I don't know though. <laughs> that seems fishy. Yeah. So they looked into it, and it turned out that someone had taken a life insurance policy out before flying. Uh oh. How long though? Like I know for me, if I were to take a life insurance policy out on, I mean, I guess you can't do it on a random person. So let's just say Danny, take it out on Danny and with the intent of killing her so I can collect. Sure. Right. I'd wait at least a year, you know? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how long. Life like insurance how, policies last like 30 years. That's what I'm saying. I don't know how far in the past people like an FBI investigation would look for that kind of thing. Either way, it doesn't matter. In this case, only one passenger had. So were, however they searched, only one of them. Only one fell into that criteria. And it was 53-year-old Daisy Eldora King. Her name was Daisy? Daisy Eldora King, I like that name. It's cute. Mm -hmm. So she had purchased some insurance policies, allegedly. Suspiciously, none of them had been signed by her. Oh. In fact, her son. Oh, no. John Gilbert Graham. That's who I mentioned in the beginning. Okay, I was like, that sounds insanely familiar. It was the title of this (laughs) (laughs) this article. (laughs) I've heard this name before. (laughs) Uh, You know, big surprise. He was lined up to inherit all of her... Life insurance money. Yeah, her estate, any... A motherfucker was getting the estate and everything, and he still pulled out life insurance? No, maybe not before she flew, but now that these life insurance policies had been taken out on her, now he was. Okay, any who's it's. Any who. Um, Graham had a criminal record, so they were already investigating the death of the passengers on board. A life insurance policy had been taken out on Daisy very recently. Do you so. know if any of his record says fraud in it? Yeah. Oh, it does? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that looks like extra bad yeah, now. Yeah, specifically trying to blow up his mom a first time. This was the second. <laughs> failed mom explosion (laughs) yeah (laughs) not very subtle so he did have a criminal record he he had in fact been suspected of blowing up her restaurant (laughs) 
<laughs> with her inside, hoping to collect on some insurance. Let me actually rephrase that. What the fuck? It said his mother's restaurant. I don't know that she was in it when he tried to blow it up, but that is fraud. He At least he was suspected of it. Apparently, it wasn't proven. But okay, okay. doesn't matter. You have fraud and bomb in his... In his <laughs> yes. It's fucking... What's it called? <laughs> Criminal record? Yes. <laughs> okay. Rap sheet. You got you got bomb and fraud. Like, this motherfucker looks really guilty. Yeah, you know, he really should have mixed it up a little bit. <laughs> he got a little fucked up, too, in the way he did it. Like he was drunk? No. Oh no! I mean, he did it. He did it dirty. I was hoping you weren't going to say he made a dirty bomb. No, he put it in her luggage, wrapped in Christmas paper, Christmas wrapping paper. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man! Yeah, they found that out later on in the investigation. After questioning his wife, she ended up letting them know that that is what he chose to do. He wrapped it like a Christmas gift first and slipped it into her luggage. So his wife knew. I guess so. And go figure, a bunch of like bomb making, I don't know what they would look like, but bomb making like tools and parts consistent. Paraphernalia. (laughs) I guess so. Consistent with making bombs uh, were found in his home. He didn't get rid of them first. No, they were still there. He maybe he was going to make another a third bomb. Oh, who knows? Um, Probably going to blow up his wife, dude. (laughs) Who I really like it. There's just it could really be anything. Jesus. Clearly, he was married to this bomb idea, so (laughs) not willing to give it up. No. Uh, Anyway, he was convicted of murder and executed via gas chamber. Whoa. January 11th, 1957. See, we didn't fuck around with the death penalty back then. Mm -mm. Now we let these death penalty dudes live for so long, which like, I, I get it a little bit, right? Give them their chances to appeal because it's possible they didn't actually do a crime bad enough to be executed or whatever? Sure. Sure. But what the fuck? Charles Manson. I know. Why the fuck was Charles Manson on death row for fucking 40 years before he died of natural causes? Yeah, I know. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Hang him. It's like Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if they do that anymore. Let's do old-fashioned Canadian hanging. (laughs) (laughs) The noose is just just covered in maple syrup. (laughs) (laughs) Maple scented noose. (laughs) Uh, next up. Okay. Yuji Nishizawa. Oh, we're going Japanese? We are. Dope. 1999, Yuji Nishizawa is 28 years old, and he spotted a flaw in an airport's security. Okay. So, so this so he was, chose to exploit this flaw? No, no, no. This was Haneda Airport in Tokyo. He noticed that passengers were able to pick up their luggage from arriving flights after they'd gone through the security checkpoint. So they were they were checked to make sure they weren't carrying anything dangerous. And then as they walked through the terminal or the airport, I guess, they had access to luggage arriving from other flights that were landing. Okay. He saw this as a security risk. So you could find a country with very lax security, send anything you want. Right. Pick it up in Haneda Airport past security and now you have whatever you want in this Japanese airline? Uh, Possibly. Okay. So he noticed and he told them about it, pointed it out to them. Sure. He wrote letters that, well, he wrote letters to apparently numerous different agencies about it, that he'd noticed this 
this glaring flaw in their security and that they should probably do something about it, he requested that he be made airport security, a guard. Because he could fix their problems. Because he was so smart, he noticed it. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really get any response. And so then he did decide, yes, he should probably exploit it. Uh, the security loophole he had discovered himself. Right. Maybe they would take him seriously after something like that. So on July 23rd, Nishizawa put a kitchen knife in some luggage and he checked the bag as he boarded a flight from Osaka to Tokyo. So when he arrived at Haneda Airport, he purchased a ticket for some other flight to Sapporo. Oh, now I'm following. Right. You can pick up, your luggage doesn't go from plane to plane. They drop it off and now you have your luggage in the airport. Right. I see. Well, and here in America, we can we can check anything. You can check a knife. You can check your gun. Check whatever the fuck you want. And if you could pick it up in the middle of another airport, well, now you got a weapon inside a an, weapon of an airport. in an airport where literally no one else has a weapon. Right. Oof. You want a slashing spree? No. Of course not. What did he do? He booked this flight to Sapporo, and he passed through security. No problem. He went to pick up his arriving le- luggage from Osaka the one that contained the knife, and he took it on board a Flight 61. This was the flight he was boarding after the flight from Tokyo. Okay. Or to Tokyo. Essentially, he was able to get away with smuggling a knife on the plane. Yeah, very easily. Yeah. Now, this flight he was on had a total of 503 passengers. Oh, damn. And 14 crew crew members. So the plane takes off, and not too long after that, he whips out the knife. He threatens a flight attendant, okay? Forces her to get him inside of the cockpit. So he gets in there, threatens the captain. The captain refuses to obey his instructions. So he stabs him to death. Man. The captain slumps over on top of the plane's controls. What happens then? The plane goes into a nosedive (laughs) about a thousand feet off the ground. Other crew members obviously notice that the plane is nosediving. So they run into the cockpit. They're able to subdue him, thankfully. And the co-pilot is able to make an emergency landing. Good on the co-pilot for right. that. Yeah. Good for you, man. So Nishi- Nishizawa, obviously he's arrested. He's charged with murder. And I guess they had asked him what his motive was. Uh, funnily enough, he didn't say it was because he wanted to prove his point about the security. He just decided that no one was doing anything about it and he should commit a crime. Right. His motive, apparently, was that he just wanted to know what it was like to fly a real plane. He didn't find out, though. No. No, he See, didn't. See, it would have been cool if he was like, hey, flight attendant lady, is there like an air marshal on this plane? Right? And she's like, oh my God, I don't know if there is or not. I have no idea. He's like, okay, well, if there is one, hand him this knife. <laughs> if there isn't one, give this to the captain. Because I smuggled this onto the plane. It was very easy. And your airport is ass so so make me a security guard already. make me your security guard i want to be an air marshal <laughs> did they have air marshals in 99 probably okay i mean i don't know when they started doing that i don't know if they had like the secret air marshals you know that like just board flights and right fly around mm-hmm. all secretly secret with their like secret badges mm-hmm. and they're like secret guns yeah and they're like secret handcuffs mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. with all of their secrets sure i don't know if they had those Well, anyway, he was given a life sentence. Fuck. He got a life sentence? Yeah, in 2005. Whoa. He'd planned to murder somebody. Fuck, I guess. I I guess he hadn't planned to murder. I wouldn't say that. But he was prepared to. If he met resistance, 
he was going to murder someone. But I wouldn't say that that was first degree. That's second degree. He got I mean, life. you could you could argue first, but dang. He got life. That's insane. Good for you, Japan. I know. Fuck those criminals. Hell yeah. <laughs> now, Thomas G. Doty. Okay. So, it's 1962. We already have had two cases where someone has taken out a life insurance policy before taking a flight. Yeah. Those definitely happened before 62. Uh-huh. They happened 49 and 55. Yep. However, at this point, not only are you able to take out a life insurance policy before a flight, anybody can still, even now. Sure. But you'd think after even those two, maybe airlines wouldn't offer you life insurance policies in the airport. Ah. They did, still. Okay. May 22nd, 1962, uh, Continental Airlines Flight 11 leaves O'Hare Airport Airport in Chicago. Uh-huh. It's supposed to be just a regular old flight. They're going to Kansas City, Missouri. Sure. In the middle of the flight. They're closing in on the town of Unionville when an explosion occurs. Another explosion? An explosion. Jessica, your stories are all the same. Mm, yes. Except for one with the knife. There was the knife in one. In Tokyo. Yes. So, obviously, this causes damage to the plane the tail breaks away from the fuselage that's the Uh-oh. body of the plane i'm uh-huh. pretty sure flight 11 winds up winds up crashing in a field oh yeah i mean at least they were right over the great plains no mountains to crash into there was so. at first one survivor but all 45 people did die uh the survivor ended up dying later on i'm sure yeah that's rough mhm so there's an investigation obviously of course and they discover Six sticks of dynamite. Fucking dynamite? You're not even getting creative with fucking clocks and shit? You're using straight dynamite? Yeah, six sticks of dynamite had been assembled into a bomb, and those were placed in a towel bin in the bathroom. So one of the passengers... How the fuck did it ignite, though? Someone had to ignite it on the flight. If you recall the name of this article, it was Thomas G. Doty. He was named probably the person who was responsible for that, because it was discovered that he purchased a life insurance policy right before the flight. On himself? On himself. It would pay out $250,000 for an accidental death to his pregnant wife and his five-year-old daughter. That's a pretty good policy for back in 1962. Yes, it was. 200000 in the 60s? Yeah. So he'd been suffering some financial hardship, not doing so great, super poor. I guess he was very down about it. Mm-hmm. Worried for his family. And was also due in court to face an armed robbery charge. Oh, man. Yeah, about three days after, scheduled three days after the crash happened. Mm-hmm. He's feeling pretty low. It's looking pretty bad. Looking real bad Not for looking Thomas. good for, for Thomas. Yeah. So he committed insurance fraud. He took out a life insurance policy on himself and tried to leave a payout behind for his family. But I don't think they distributed it. Probably not. Because he had planned it, it seemed. I mean, the moment, I'm, if I'm an insurance company and I hear fucking dynamite, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be a little resistant on yeah. paying that out. It also, I mean, maybe they did because so I, I wasn't able to find out if they were able to prove it was him. It's just pretty obvious that it was. But legally, I don't know that they were able to prove it. So maybe it was distributed oh. to his family. Maybe it wasn't. Well, he, I'm assuming the insurance company didn't pay it and then... Maybe the family could have sued. I don't know. Not sure, but he did end up taking out 44 p- 
people in the process. So yeah, terrible. That name. fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. What a piece of shit. I'm going to be a domestic terrorist to give my family a better life. Yeah. You know, Fuck. I tried robbing a bank and that didn't work surprisingly. So now I'm just, I guess I can just explode in a plane. That'll do it. This is my last one. Chio Tok. South Korea? Thailand? China. Huh. I mean, he may be South Korean, I guess. I was like, I've never heard Tok. I don't China. know. Okay. Anyway. It's, he Maybe he's South Korean, but. The, I watch a lot of foreign uh, movies. So. All right. That, that's where my knowledge comes from on the names. I. I leave that to you. I don't okay. watch a lot of foreign films. <laughs> so July 16th, 1948, a Catalina amphibian seaplane. Oh, oh, like it can land in the it water. It could land in the water. Okay. I think I that's like, what that means. Whoa, is this like a submarine plane? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've never heard of this. No. Um, so the plane takes off on what should be a routine flight from Macau to Hong Kong. I'm not sure where Macau is. Maybe that is Korea. I'm not positive on that. So... Shortly, I, as I'm sure you predicted. If it's an amphibian plane, uh -huh. they can't fly as far as from South Korea to China or to Hong Kong. I don't know where Macau is, is my only point. If it's in South Korea, it can't make it to Hong Kong. So that's what I'm saying. It's probably not. Who it's knows? probably in from China to China. We'll see. Do you want me to spell it for you? Where is Macau? Or Macau. Oh, it looks more like Macau. Oh, it's China. M -A East Asia. M-A-C-A-U. Uh-huh. Yeah, China to China. Yeah, oh yeah, that's China, all right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at this map, and that just looks like China to me. Mm-hmm. So, plus it says China all over it. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's flying from uh, Macau to Hong Kong shortly after, as I'm sure you predicted. It crashes. Sure. It crashes into the Pearl River Delta. Okay. It kills 25 of 26 people on board. Oh, someone lived. Someone did. Interesting. Wait, what the fuck? They're fitting 26 people on an amphibious plane? I guess so. I, I must not know what that is actually then because the only ones that I can imagine could hold maybe six people. I'm really not sure. I don't know shit about planes. Do you remember the movie Wicker Man? Yeah. That was an amphibious plane. Sure. That couldn't hold that was, 26 people. Well, no, but that was one kind of plane. Sure. But I don't imagine one that could hold more. Maybe they make bigger ones. Not anymore. <laughs> probably not in 1948. <laughs> yeah, probably not after that. <laughs> Maybe. Well, either way, it crashes. Everyone but one die. The unconscious body of someone named Wong Yu is discovered. Okay, but alive. Alive. So two fishermen find him. Investigators are able to determine pretty quickly that it was caused by foul play, the crash, especially after finding bullet casings in the wreckage. Yeah. Seems pretty clear, you know, and then they found bullet wounds mm -hmm. in some of the bodies. Okay, so it looks bad. Looks pretty bad. And as it as it turns out, the only one who survived was the one who hijacked the plane in the first place. Uh, it was Wang Yu. It was Wang Yu. Wang Yu was the hijacker and the murderer? Yeah. And he lived? Yes, so. I would not want to be a, a criminal in China who just killed 25 people. Yeah. I guess Wang Yu had an accomplice who just wasn't present, but was responsible for most of the plans. And that was Chiyo Tak, if you recall the yes, title. Yes, yes. So Chiyo Tak had teamed up with Wang and two other people to hijack this plane and rob the passengers on board because it was supposed to be a flight full of like really rich people. Mm -hmm. And there were, it was full of a bunch of richies. <laughs> Full of a bunch of Richies. Bunch of fucking Richies on there. <laughs> and this actually would be the world's first recorded 
uh, air piracy incident. Interesting. Yes. Okay. America's had their fair share. So many of the passengers, like I said, were super rich. And the plan was they were going to rob them and take control of the plane. Sure. Did he know how to fly the plane? No. <laughs> okay. But they were going to land it on a remote island and hold the passengers for ransom. Okay. Solid plan. Sure. But the pilot said no. He was like, no, I'm not going to fly it to an island. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that's badass for the pilot. Yeah. Um, not so chill for the other 24 people on no, board. No, no. Yeah, the pilot got shot and died. <sighs> oh, fuck. And he... I don't know why there are so many similarities between these stories or why no one <laughs> thinks to shoot the pilot away from the controls of the plane. He fell on the, he contr- fell on the controls. <laughs> I snorted. <laughs> <laughs> he fell on the controls again. And the plane began to nosedive like it did before. It's like the boys. <laughs> Remember in the show, the TV show, The Boys? Uh-huh. There's a pilot that dies right on the controls. <laughs> right. So I guess Wong had managed to jump out of an emergency exit before, right before it hit the water. And that is why he survived. Uh, he still must have been fucked up, though, Well, he right? was unconscious when the fisherman <laughs> found him. Yeah. Okay. Want to hear what's super fucked up? Yeah. So air piracy was... It was not illegal in China? They, there, was, there were no laws against it at that time. Did, did Wong Yu get off? So it did take place over Chinese territory. Okay. But no one knew legally how to prosecute him. 25 counts of murder. That's how I would prosecute that. He was released (gasps) and deported back to China, because I guess that's not where he landed, in 1951. Wow. And nothing happened to him after that. Well, I mean, maybe something else did, but not because of this. You know what? We say wow. I Well, while I say this, while I say I cannot wait I mean, like, I hope this never happens, Mm -hmm. but it's going to happen. There's no way it won't. And because it's inevitable, I cannot wait for the first space murder (laughs) to be to like happen. Right. Because how the fuck do you do that? It's not one nation's territory. It's the entire globe's territory, technically. So whose laws? Whose laws do you follow? Were they orbiting above America? Were they orbiting above India? I don't know. How are you going to draw up laws for something like that? Yeah, I can't wait. It really space murder. No, for real. It is wild to me that astronauts haven't gotten like super fucking medieval on each other up in I mean the sky. I feel like they could, right? They absolutely could. There's there, no laws. There's so many things that could go wrong up there. If you wanted to like make it look like an accident, there are I feel like a thousand different ways you could make it look like that in space. Yeah. I don't know. But I feel like even if you were just grab a little steak knife and just start slaughtering people. How, who, how, what laws? They're a loyal crew. Would you follow your nation's laws? Mm -hmm. But what if you're on the International Space Station where you got multiple nations? It just baffles me. I'm, I'm proud, but I'm not going to lie. I'm ashamed that I'm a little disappointed. (laughs) Right. I kind of want to watch a space crime movie, a space lawyer. (laughs) There's no space crime. And there have been people in space. Like, they're in those tight quarters. Maybe there has been. They have to, like, piss and shit into the air and catch their floating, like, no, waste. that's not what they do. No, that's what they do. <laughs> that is what, what they, they do. do. You're, like, you're telling me nobody's, like, shot pee at someone else from across the... Okay, look, <laughs> I would definitely do that. 
but I don't think I'm as professional. Like, I'm almost there, but I'm not quite as professional as the astronauts. So, like, they're drinking up there, you know? And one was like, I, I, gotta, I, go, I gotta go take a shit. And so they go into a, their little space room and they poop and catch most of the turds, except for, like, one that's still left floating, you know? So someone's trying works. to eat their their toothpaste meal and a turd floats by. And they just eat turd? Yeah. They just eat toothpaste turd? <laughs> you know, they chose brownie that oh, day no. and couldn't tell the difference. You know, you're telling me nobody's pissed each other off up in space God, yet. My brownie kind of tastes like a <laughs> Salisbury steak. <laughs> oh, this brownie paste must have gone bad. <laughs> Jesus. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Still thinking about brownie paste? No. That's just wild. Nobody has gotten pissed at each other up there. And shit in their brownie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be that. Like, nobody's attacked someone else or, like, murdered someone else. Nothing. Look, I'm sure if it's happened, it was the Russians, and I'm sure they didn't report any of it. Because <laughs> it was the USSR who put people in space. So, sure. if a murder went down, they were all hush-hush about it. Shit, we'd be the same. I li- look in the United States. We, I, if I was the president, I would hide that. I wouldn't let anyone know that my astronauts were murdering each other, were shitting in each other's brownies. <laughs> I'd let no one know. I, I'm relieved. It's great that astronauts are so loyal to each other and don't commit any crimes. But it'd be kind of badass but to commit the be, first space crime. Well, yeah. I right? mean, at least, at least be an interesting read for me down here. Yeah. They got to make a movie about the first space crime mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. There was a documentary about that. The first space crime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wasn't it? Um, what's that one with the guy who played House that we were watching? Iris. Hugh Laurie? Iris. Yeah. I was going to joke about that being oh, a documentary. Oh, you were going to joke that, that Avenue 5 was a documentary? Yeah. <laughs> Avenue 5. So. Oh, that you finished. You got it. <laughs> now it's going to sound like I made a seamless joke. It won't. Yeah, it will. It won't. I will not edit it that way. I will. I won't. I will. I'm. In fact, I'm going to cut it so you sound even stupider. You can't. Oh, I can. I'm going to put you snorting in the middle of it. No. <laughs> it was one snort. It's going to sound like a thousand stars. No. <laughs> All right. The wheel did land on something very interesting. Okay. You're starting a cult. Who is your Tom Cruise? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming whoever sent this wheel spin in is considering Scientology a cult. Sure. And, and they have, you know, their spokesperson who is essentially Tom Cruise. Right. So you're starting a cult now. Mm-hmm. Who is your Tom Cruise? Kathy Bates. Oh, fuck. I'd follow that religion. I know. I, I mean, cult or whatever. I don't care. I don't even know. I don't care. You need me to buy. I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll spend thousands of dollars on books. Thank you, Kathy, for giving yeah. me that. Oh, man. No, that was great. Yeah. She'll convince everybody to do everything we need. Yeah, fuck. You didn't even need to make an argument. You just had to name her. Yeah. Damn. See, I mean, I was going to go with Ron Perlman because I thought that'd be kind of funny, but I feel like I would have to defend that. And I just, <laughs> I don't know that I got that in me. No, I could see it. He's got like the intimidation factor. See, but I wouldn't be intimidating. Tom Cruise isn't intimidating. He's only intimidating because he smiles and his eyes don't move. You need someone charming. Mm -hmm. You need need someone to make it seem like they're loved. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, who are you going with then? Can't be Perlman. He doesn't make anyone feel like they're loved. 
which by the way, anytime I think of him, I always imagine him in the last way we talked about him in an oil spin. I'm pretty which sure was, it was gross. Uh, nude in nothing but like a kimono with like his dick hanging out, making me breakfast uh-huh. after a night of like drunken passion. Uh-huh. Yeah. He would. He would make a great breakfast. I'm sure. You know he would. Mm-hmm. He knows his way around breakfast. Okay? Sure. That man has never missed breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Who would I choose? They got to have charm. Yeah. They got to be pretty. Mm-hmm. They got to be talented in some way. Yeah. Oh, I got it. When I start my cult, my Tom Cruise will be Lady Gaga. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My cult will have fucking tens of thousands of followers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'll have conventions trying to get followers, and she'll come out singing, I don't know, name any track off of... Poker Face? Art Pop? Off of Art Pop. Oh, she just starts singing some Art Pop? Dude, game she over. like a laser show walking out onto like an all black, like shiny black stage. Mm, mm-hmm. Anyone would do anything she wanted. I would do anything she wanted. I know. And I, I'm controlling her apparently. You're the leader of the I'm cult. the leader and I'm doing whatever Lady Gaga wants, yeah. She's now the leader of, Lady Gaga has taken over your cult. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I chose someone too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> She's too strong, she'd absorb me. <laughs> That's an interesting turn of events. I know. I know. Now Lady Gaga started a cult. Look at that. Who would you guess? She'd have a very successful cult if she were to start one, though. Yes. I'm not saying that I would partake quite as quickly as I would in the Kathy Bates cult, but I would dabble. I'd read it. I'd look at what they're reading, what they're sure. what they're spitting. You know? Sure. So. Well, see, her cult would be sexier. Oh, definitely. But you could go long term in Ka- Kathy's cult. Kathy's cult. Like, I would feel really loved. I know. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, when I need a hug, there's someone there to hug me. Just imagine you, know? you, like, do something that is against the cult, and now Kathy's disappointed in you. And she puts my ankles over, like, the, <laughs> the, 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 the foot of the bed. <laughs> Locks your feet between, and, like, puts a log of wood in between yeah. your ankles and... Yeah, it just there's cracks a, them. There's a word. Is it hobbling? Hobbling. I think that's what uh-huh. it's called. Yeah. She just cracks my ankles with a sledgehammer. She hobbles you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so basically, the cult. Why will she never live down misery? <laughs> I don't think she wants it's to. It's been decades. She doesn't want to. It was because that performance was fucking killer. So it is an incredibly warm and loving cult that you never want to leave. Uh huh. Because if you ever want to leave. Because if you ever leave, good luck. She'll hobble your ass. She's gonna, she'll hobble you <laughs> and leave you in the middle of the woods, son. You, you're not getting far on those, hobbled, on those hobbled ass ankles. Drop you off at, the, at Lady Gaga's sex cult. Oh my God, you'd be destroyed. <laughs> Are you kidding me? A hobbled man at Lady Gaga's sex cult. <laughs> Bleed to death. Just leaving you for the wolves. And not from the hobbling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is the that end. Got really dark. Yeah, it did. And that is the end of the show. If you liked what you heard, please like, rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. This podcast can be shared with your a Canasta Club. It can be shared. No one who listens People to have this Canasta ha- Clubs. No, no one That's who fine. listens to this podcast okay, fine, has fine, a Canasta fine, Club. Fine. Share it with your 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 child's classmates you don't, and his no, teacher. No, don't do that. You don't have to do that. But you should. Visit our website at threeshotsin.com. That will take you to all of our social medias. Otherwise, you can follow us at Three Shots In Podcast on Instagram, especially Instagram. But we have do have a Three Shots In page on Facebook. We go live 
on Instagram, live at five on Friday every week. We would love it if you joined us. We also have a link to our Patreon page. We are three shots in on Patreon and there we offer you so much. Oh my God, it's so amazing. Listen, all of our patrons know that they get amazing things for their minute $5 a month. Oh, we don't ask for much. $5, the cost of a pack of condoms? No, the cost of a new- A, a grande latte. A new bag of peanut M&Ms? Sure. Your worldview on money is so distorted. You need to get out more. <laughs> wow. $5. $5 a gallon of gas. <laughs> for most of the country, yes. <laughs> not for us. Uh, but yes, for $5 a month, it's not that much. And you get access to our Patreon page where we post polls, asking for advice, asking for tips about how to do our show. That means you can control. You can control what goes on on the show. Our patrons do have a lot of control. They do. They got a lot of say. Because mm -hmm. I'm going to listen to them. They're giving me money. Mm -hmm. You know You know who's not giving me money? These jokers. Like 99% of the people listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to listen to our patrons. Also, as a reward, they are given a super secret, top secret. <laughs> <laughs> Exclusive. Exclusive. Extra podcast. Three, Three shot cinema. shots cinema. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good. Oh, we review terrible films all together as a family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're a patron, you're allowed to vote. We give you options. We just finished Tammy and the T-Rex, and we're about to release that Three Shot Cinema episode. We are. We got to put up in the next poll, though. That's true. Got to put up the next poll. So Voting for the next that. movie is about to begin. And listen, if Patreon is not your thing, listening is a huge help. Uh, and thank you for that. Yeah. You know what? If you got some ideas and you still don't want to give me $5, you know what's free? Emailing or direct messaging. You can do both of those. Yeah. You can email us fanmail at threeshotsin.com and you can give us advice for what movie to watch. We can watch a movie for Three Shots Cinema. I don't care if you're not a patron. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let my patrons decide, right? If we're actually going to watch that movie. But maybe it makes it to the poll. Oh, sure. We'll yeah. take any suggestions you have. All suggestions. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been episode 30. Of three this has in. been episode 30. Next week will be episode 31. It will. Where the topic will be sink. 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 Like 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 what gets clogged? Your sink. You know? Where do your dishes go? Sink. What am I doing in this quicksand? Sinking. Sinking. Yep. Wow. You know what the Titanic Titanic did? What did it sink? Oh, it sank all right. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Sink. That's right. We could be talking about multiple, multiple things. Boats, fucking planes that sank, fucking, I mean, actual kitchen sinks. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? It's endless. So. Anyway, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. This has been <laughs> Three Shots In. We love you. Bye. We love you guys. Bye. All right, gang. I need to be more drunk. Jessica's getting her fucking phone charger or some shit. I already cleaned up the shot glasses. So I have one option, and that is to add liquor to my like, I mean, one fifth filled can of Michelob Ultra organic seltzer, spicy pineapple. So we're gonna give it just two Jake's of Popov vodka, all right? And then we're gonna add one Jake of peach schnapps, okay? All right, now you're gonna take your nearly empty can and you're gonna, you're gonna just start spinning it around, mix it up real good, just to shake the devil out of it just like Bob Ross would say. All right, and then we're gonna get that and uh, we're gonna take a sip. Now, I don't expect this to be good, but uh, we'll find out.
Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, I still have more. Oh, the second goal was worse. I'm almost done though. <laughs> Whoa, that was, that was very noticeably not delicious. Don't recommend that guys. I don't. <laughs>